0: Some time in the scriptures and uh, then going to get into some practical sharing of some of the things that uh, God has put on my heart to share with you as a church family here. By the way, what a blessing it is to have so many of you here tonight. And uh, if anything, God has just, uh, well, there's several things that happened early on this year. Last Wednesday, uh, I don't know about you, but I was talking to Brother Eric about this and um, on Saturday and watching that slideshow, just moved me to tears. Uh, it was a tough year, but man, God was working through all of it. And uh, we gr- we grew very close together as a church last year through all of the hardship that we faced. And if last Wednesday night wasn't a testament to that, I don't know what is. Um, just the unity and the presence of the Spirit of God, it was special. And I feel that presence here tonight. Um, and I'm thankful. I'm thankful. that is, Only God can do that. Uh, because we all have different viewpoints and different mindsets and you bring up any one issue and all of us may see it you know in a hundred different ways and for God to bring a church together in unity that's a special thing how good it is how precious it is this psalm says for brethren to dwell together in unity and I am grateful to the Lord uh, for the unity that he's given us together as a church um, and I think, I think uh, a, Sunday crowd, uh, a Sunday night crowd like this is, is as much a testament to that as anything. Um, I believe that we have a desire as a church uh, to move forward with what God has in store for us. And the things God has doing, God has been doing, um, it's, it's been unbelievable. I mean... From people being saved to God just providing and uh, against all odds. And just story after story we could tell of what God has done. I don't know about you, I don't want to be a has-been church. I want to keep going forward until Jesus comes. He comes and we can glory in that for all of eternity, okay? We've got a mission so long as we're here, and uh, God, I believe, wants us to keep moving forward for His kingdom, and I'll be honest with you, church, I'm going to push you tonight to make some big decisions, but the decisions I'm going to push you to make tonight aren't going to be probably the ones you're thinking I'm going to push you to make If we're going to grow as a church, it's not going to be because we raise a bunch of money and we build a bunch of buildings and we have a bunch of great programs. Anybody can do that. Organizations that have nothing to do with religion do that all the time. The kind of growth that we're after is not that kind of growth. The kind of vision God has for us in moving forward is not that kind of vision. I think it's important we understand that right from the outset. And God has some things that he's been working in my heart about that I just want to take some time to share with you here. Every year when the new year turns over and we get to this point, I I like to pause and think about where we're at as a church. Just to evaluate what's going on and and, uh, how things are going. Uh, It's easy to get so busy in the hubbub of everything that's happening that uh, you can get lost. Uh, you can drift from uh, what you're really supposed to be aiming after. Um, even us as a church, it's easy for us to get distracted from what the, the main thing really is. I am going to tell you something. Our mission hasn't changed. God's word is still the same. And the mission that he has given to us hasn't changed. Our mission, we get from Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20, but this is is something you ought to have down in your heart and your head as a member of this church, if you are. Our mission is to make mature and multiply disciples of Jesus. Everything that we're about as a church is about seeing people saved, seeing saved people grow in their faith, and serving and reaching other people with the gospel. That's the lifeblood of the church. That's everything that we're supposed to be about as the church. Reaching people with the gospel. Helping one another to grow, grow up to more uh, maturity in our faith, to a deeper faithfulness and, and passion for serving the Lord. That is our mission. And from the very beginning, that, that was the church's mission. Our purpose as a church, our purpose statement, our purpose as a church is, number one, to glorify God. Number two, it's to build each other up, to edify one another. And number three, it's to testify of the gospel of Jesus Christ till Jesus comes. That's our purpose. And if we ever get away from our mission and our purpose, we'll, we will become lost as a church. We'll start pursuing um, what so many religious organizations are pursuing today, a crowd um, or uh, great programs or great facilities or a great band or whatever the case may be. That is not what we're about. We're about reaching people for Christ and seeing one another grow in our faith. And uh, we need to keep the main thing the main thing as the church. And as we think about our purpose for a church and we think about our vision, we know those are the things we're supposed to be striving for as the church. But as we think about moving forward in those things and seeing God do more uh, through us and in us as we continue forward as the church, the fact is there are several factors that seem to be opposing us in our modern-day society. Let me give you some of these. First of all, we are living in a post-Christian culture. Now, it was President Obama in 2008 that coined that term. I don't know if you remember. I wouldn't go so far as to call him a prophet. I might call him some other things, but I think he's right. What we're seeing in America today is a decline from our heritage, which, by the way, America was founded as a Christian nation. You cannot escape that fact. You can erase it out of the history books. You can try to change the narrative, but the fact remains we were one nation under God. That's how we were founded. And I believe that's why we've been blessed for these years, but we're moving into an era in this nation where we're in a post-Christian culture. It is not popular to be a Christian anymore. It is not popular to boldly declare God's truth, even among churches today. Well, we don't want to talk about those sensitive issues. We don't want to talk about what the Bible has to say about gambling, homosexuality. We don't want, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't, don't go into that kind of stuff. Alcohol, you know what, let's just, it's okay. And we're starting to embrace things that the Bible clearly condemns. And for someone to get up and say, well, this isn't right, that's what the Bible says, this isn't right. It's not very acceptable in our culture today. Their new new bill is on the docket. I don't know if it's going to pass or not. The Equality Act. If it's passed, it's going to turn what I'm doing right now, declaring God's truth. If I speak on certain subjects, it'll turn it into hate speech that they can prosecute. So they say. Can I tell you what I'm going to do, church? I'm going to preach the Bible. And so I might be live streaming you from jail, I don't know. But no, I, I don't know what's going to happen with this stuff. You know, the truth we learned this morning is very comforting. God's in control of the people who think they're in control, so I'm not worried, okay? But we're living in a post-Christian culture. The second thing here I noted down is that we are seeing liberties we once enjoyed as Americans, as American Christians lost. And these are concerning things, um, these are things we look at and think it, they do affect how we view the future. They do affect, affect our, our personal perspectives about what the future is going to look like. And we do see some of these liberties at the least being attacked, and many of them being lost in the process. The third thing I wrote down here is we are seeing less church, less church attendance, less ministry involvement, and less giving. Let me be candid with you, church. This isn't a good testimony. I was just thinking the other day about some of these older members in our church that have faithfully served and given for years. Many of them can't come to church right now, but they're still sending sending in their offerings and they're still doing what they can to pray and support their church. but that's becoming the exception to the norm to be faithful and Being in church, be actually active, involved in serving in some capacity in your church. And not to mention giving. (laughs) We better not even go there? That is becoming less and less. And especially after a year like coronavirus where we got used to not coming to church for a while. Now it's, I've heard several people say, boy, it's kind of hard to get back in the habit. We see a, a decline in faithfulness from the people of God. We're also seeing... Our youth grow up without a knowledge of God's Word. That's a fourth factor. There aren't any Sunday schools anymore. We're not providing an opportunity, I'm talking across the board, across our nation, for our young people to get grounded in God's truth. So much so that we're now having kids come to vacation Bible school who literally have never heard the gospel, who literally, some of them, have never heard a Bible story other than what their public school told them about the fairy tales of Christianity. And that is to our shame. And so we look at all these factors, and you say, well, you're not encouraging us very much. I know, I'm going somewhere with this, though. But these factors do give us pause as we consider moving forward as the church. And, you know, we have to ask ourselves the question, can anybody really see the church moving forward? In a time like this, can we really see God in our day and time so bless this church that we would be able to reach our community and have a positive, deep impact in Cortez, Colorado for the gospel of Jesus Christ? Is God still in the saving business? Is he still in the life-changing business? Yes, he is, even in 2021, even in considering all of these negative factors. But if you're going to give it an honest evaluation here, the times that we're living in would lead us to think that being a part of a growing church is not in the realm of possibility. If you consider all these factors and you look at them from a human standpoint, just it's not the time for it. I've even heard guys who've been in ministry for years say, boy, I wish we could be back in the 70s and 80s. Ministry was easy then. and Churches were growing then. And almost this woe is me attitude. Well, I, I refuse to believe it. We have the same God today that was the same God back then. And I believe God still wants us to move forward. And so I invite you to Matthew chapter 19 in the scriptures here tonight, and I want to consider a quick thought here before we share some practical things with you as far as vision for our church goes. Matthew chapter 19, verse number 16. If you're there, say amen. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 19, beginning in verse 16, and behold, one came and said unto him, good master, he's speaking to Jesus, this man, good master, what good thing shall I do that I might have eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, and that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. He saith unto him, Which one? And Jesus said, Thou shalt do no murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The young man saith unto him, All these things I have kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? I'll tell you one thing, one problem he had was pride. (laughs) I've done all this. So can I have eternal life is what he's asking the Lord there. And Jesus answered and said unto him, verse 21, If thou wilt be perfect, then go and sell that thou hast and give it to the poor. Thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And see, Jesus knew what the problem was the whole time. Jesus knew the whole time the thing that would keep this, that was keeping this young man from giving his life in faith to Jesus. By the way, if you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, you haven't been saved and you're here tonight, Jesus knows what's keeping you from him as well. And he's asking you to give it over to him. He wants you to give it to him. To give it up and put your faith in him. And would to God, if you're here tonight and you don't know Christ, you'd finally give in and put your trust in Jesus Christ. And here is this man thinking he could get salvation by some means of his own doing. The Bible goes on to tell us in verse 23, Then Jesus said unto his disciples, after this man walked away, Jesus said to his disciples, Verily I say unto you that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And again I say unto you it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. You think, oh man, I'm rich. Man, I can't go to heaven. That's not what Jesus is saying here, okay? Actually, the illustration here is one that we wouldn't understand in our uh, modern vernacular, but there was a place in, in, in cities in that ancient culture uh, where there was a, a, low, uh, a low spot in a wall, where there was a hole in a wall, and they would call that a needle. And we don't understand that in our, in our modern day culture. When I, when I first read this verse, I thought, I'm trying to picture a big old camel going through a little needle, and I'm thinking, well, that's not going to happen. It, what Jesus is mentioning here was possible. It's just very difficult to get a camel to kneel down and go through something like that. Very difficult to get them to uh, to get them to do that. You have to get them to go against their own will and um, laying down and doing something like that. You give up their own will and to submit to the will of their master. That's what would be required for a camel to do that. And Jesus said it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who's holding on to something in this world, a rich man, to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Verse 25, and when the disciples heard this, they were exceeding amazed, saying, well, then who then can be saved? And Jesus beheld them and said unto them, and let's read this verse out loud together, this end here, let's read it. With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. How could such a man, so enslaved by the riches of this world, find salvation? Well, let me give you a hint. It wasn't going to be by his good works, and it wasn't going to be by his great riches that he was going to find salvation. Jesus simply told him two things here in verse 26. He said, With men, this is impossible. What he's saying is, in himself, that man could do nothing to save himself. With men, This is impossible. No amount of good works or great riches would ever get him the salvation that he sought. With men, this is impossible. But Jesus went on to say, but with God, all things are possible. You see, the rich man could not save himself, but Jesus could save him. And it's that same biblical principle I'd like to take to make this application. The things that are impossible with man are made possible by God. Very simple principle. I think most of us understand that things that are impossible with us are made possible by God, but consider this. If you ask me how we can move forward to see our church grow and continue to fulfill the mission that God has given to us, My answer is this with men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. That's how we can move forward. We have got to forsake the mindset that we can take this church forward. With men, this is impossible. It isn't our great talent that has given us what we have here tonight. It isn't our great ability. It isn't that we're just a a really special group of people. Now, I love you. I think you all are special. Special Ed sometimes, but you're special. Okay? But that's not why we have what we have here tonight. It isn't because we have great leaders It isn't because we have great technology. It isn't because of any of these external factors that the church of God will ever move forward. With men, it is impossible. The only way we can move forward as a church is by trusting our future into the God of the impossible. You know, Jesus, this is Jesus' church. This isn't my church. I don't get to set the vision for Lighthouse Baptist Church. I don't have all the answers. And I'm not going to pretend like I do. I present some of the practical things here tonight, I've got nothing profound for you here tonight. I've just got what the Bible tells us we're supposed to be about as a people of God. I don't got some elaborate plan, I don't got some great process, some new program that's going to solve the issue for us as a church. And lead us forward to great heights. No. I'm a pastor. I see these things all the time. I'm a target of uh, ministry advertisement. And uh, come to our seminar and we'll teach you how to grow your church by 25% in 16 days. Like, Oh, okay. Here's your 12-step process. Do these things and your church will grow. I'm not kidding. That's, that's where a lot of ministries are today. I don't want anything to do with that. If this church moves forward, I want it to be because God did it. Because if we do it, it won't be real. And if we do it, what God has given us, we'll screw it up. We'll screw it up. There'll be strife, there'll be division, there'll be issues, there'll be problems, and by the way, there'll probably still be that anyways because we're still human beings. But we'll just screw it up. I'd like to see us go forward forward And see something happen at Lighthouse Baptist Church that only God can do. And as we've often said, how you'll know God's doing it is because you can't explain how it's happening. The only answer is God. That's what we need to see in moving forward as a church. And with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Here's why. The church is Jesus's. And Jesus said, in Matthew 16 and verse 18, I will build my church. (laughs) I'm going to build it. Guess what? We don't even have to build the church. We are the church. He's building us. And as we allow God to build us individually, God will build us as a church, a local church here in Cortez, Colorado, collectively. But it will all be him that does it. I like and I want you to turn over here to this place. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3 with me if you would. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I'll say this as you're turning there. I believe God wants to use every one of us to further his purposes through this church. I believe God has a place for every one of us in the ministry. Every one of us, as a part of the lifeblood of this church, God puts every part of that, every member of the body into a place in the church to further his own purposes. But lest we get the idea that any one of us are the ones that are causing a church to grow, let's remember the principle we're taught here in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse number 6. The Apostle Paul said, I have planted, Apollos watered, but who gave the increase? God gave the increase. So then, neither he that plants is anything, neither he that watereth, but God that gives the increase. Now I don't care what your function is in the church. I don't care what your ministry is in the church, whether you think it's great or whether you, not think, you don't think it's so great, whether you get public recognition or you don't get public recognition. Wherever God puts you in the church, listen, God has a place for all of us and God wants all of us to be in the place that he has for us in his body so that he will, can do his great work through us. That's the way that God designed for it to be. But in the end, he's the one that grows the church and he's the one that gets the credit. He's the one that gets the glory for everything that takes place. We've got to understand that as the church. And So when it comes to evaluating the vision for this church, the first person whose opinion we should seek is God's. This is his church. And we ought to be concerning ourselves with accomplishing his priorities. See, it really doesn't matter what my vision is for the church. And it really doesn't matter what your vision is for the church. You say, well, I think it'd be good if we started this, and we did that, and we updated this, and I'm not opposed to any of those things. You make no mistake about it. For this church to move forward, the person whose vision we need to follow is God's. And God doesn't think like we do. Isaiah 55 and verse 8 God said, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my my thoughts higher than your thoughts and my ways higher than your ways. God has it all figured out. And he just wants us to get on board with what he'd like to do. And that's why I'd like to invite you to join in with me as a church. You see, we envision building buildings as human beings. God envisions building people. We envision adding members. God envisions sending members away. You know, God's purpose for the church is not to keep everybody together, it's to raise up people in the church and send them off to other places where the gospel isn't being preached. Oftentimes, what we envision is much different than what God envisions. And God has a vision for us as a church. The only way we're going to grow and move forward as a church is trusting our future into the hands of the God with whom the impossible is made possible. And that's what I'd like to challenge you as a church to follow the Lord in doing this year. To follow this impossible vision that God has given to us. I like what 2 Chronicles 16 verse 9 says. It says, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro through the whole earth. What his eyes are doing is he's searching through the whole earth, looking to show himself strong on the behalf of them whose heart is perfect towards him. I like that verse. God's looking for somebody. God's looking for a place, a person, whatever it may be, that would be willing to let God show himself strong on their behalf. And church, if we'd be willing to step aside and let God assert himself, And set the course forward for us and use us for his glory. There's no limit to what we can go forward to do. There is no limit. Like what D.L. Moody said, this world has yet to see what God can do through one man fully surrendered to him. And then he said, by God's grace, I want to be that man. By God's grace, may we have the desire to be that church. And so with these thoughts in mind... I want to share with you some some practical things, um, goals, vision steps for this year. Listen, I don't know what you were expecting with a vision night, and I've done this before. Came up with elaborate plans and goals, and what I've found is all of the things that I've tried to plan and do, one of two things happen. They don't work, number one, or number two, Um, they They never come to fruition. Okay? They're my ideas. I'm done with my ideas. I've learned this is God's church. You don't have to complicate things that God has already made very simple. And so when it comes to the vision for our church this year, it really comes down to four things. And these aren't going to shock you. But if we can get a hold of them as a church this year, We'll be able to move forward the way that I'm talking about from the scripture here tonight. So write these four things down. They're, they're very simple. I'm going to elaborate them and I'm going to give you what the four of them are. First of all, I believe that one of the prayer growth goals that God has for us this year is to grow, is to grow in the matter of prayer. You say, What? That's it? That's it. Church, my heart's broken about the fact that we don't pray. You think about your own life? You pray on a regular basis? I'm not talking about for your food. (laughs) Okay. Well, I prayed today. I led the blessing for lunch. Well, good for you. Talking about a daily time you get on your knees and you spend time with God. The only way we can move forward is on our knees. Prayer is a declaration of dependence. Prayerlessness is a declaration of independence. You don't pray. You're telling God, I don't need you. And if a church doesn't pray, we're telling God, we're doing pretty good down here, God. We got it figured out. The only way we can move forward as a church is on our knees. And it's got to start happening with us individually. And so number one, we need to grow in prayer. Number two, we need to grow in outreach. Or you could write down soul winning. We need to grow in soul winning. We need to get back to the Great Commission. If 2020 did anything, it made us nervous to talk to people about the gospel. Well, they got a mask on. They can't even see my face. Well, I don't even know if they'll take a a tract from me because uh, we're not supposed to be touching and we're not supposed to be doing this and that. This area got attacked pretty hardcore this last week, and God's convicted my heart. We need to get back to sharing the gospel and making this a big deal for us as a body. We come back to these things. But the third growth step I believe God has for us is we need to grow. We desperately need to grow in this area, in the area of discipleship. In the area of discipleship. Discipleship is um, the process by which you're deepened in your faith in the Lord. Becoming a, a more intimate, close follower of Jesus Christ. That's the process of discipleship. You're following other things more and following Jesus more. We could call it sanctification theologically. We could call it lots of things. But that's what discipleship is all about. It's about you growing in your faith. And per capita, across the board, the majority of our church are only being discipled on a Sunday morning to Sunday morning basis. Listen, last Sunday we had 215 people in church. Praise God for that. Sunday night, 60. We had eight people who got discipled last year. Eight. Whole year. If we do not get passionate about the matter Of helping each other grow in our faith, then we are going to corrode from the inside out. And what's worse, and this is what really convicts my heart if we don't get serious about this matter of discipleship, where are the future leaders of Lighthouse Baptist Church going to come from? We desperately need leaders in this church. We've got two deacons right now, and we could use two more. But we need some men who'd be willing to step up and be faithful so that they can be called to such a position. We've got several small group leaders right now. We need more. We need leaders in youth. We need leaders in uh, our, our, our young people's ministry. We need leaders who... Uh, need to start ministries that haven't even been started yet. By the way, some of you who are leading in ministries right now, you're not going to be here forever. I hope you are, but you're not going to be, okay? There's got to be people who are coming up behind us, and that's why this process of discipleship is so important. We need to grow in this area of discipleship. And the fourth growth step that God put on my heart for this year is that we need to grow in the matter of ministry. I'm going to put it this way, and I want you to hear what I have to say about this. This is what the Lord put on my heart. We must equip the church and then set members free to serve God. I had Pastor Todd Pointer, who has helped me so much in, 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 in my being a young pastor. He told me, Bruce, if you try to keep everything under your thumb, then the church will never grow any bigger than how big your thumb is. At some point, you're going to have to start trusting God to use the people that he's brought to your church in the way that he wants to use them. And I believe he's right. Some of you would like to be used. Some of you have ideas that are awesome, and you'd like to serve. And I'm here to tell you this evening, if God's put a burden on your heart to serve, and as the spiritual leader in this church, I want to put the tools in your hands to help you and then set you free to do that ministry that God's called you to. And I'm going to tell you right now, if God's put a burden on your heart, this is the year we're going to go forward with it. And there's, there, I, I don't know what it may be. Some of you have talked to me about so many different things, and I thought, you know what, that would be great. And then I think immediately, how am I going to make that happen? And then I just realize something. God put it on your heart, and God probably would like to use you to do it. <laughs> there are places all over this ministry, there are, there are gaps all over this ministry that I believe God would fill if spirit-filled believers would just see the need and take the lead, start serving in the place where God wants them to be. And so those are, in simplicity, the goals. That God wants us to grow in. Now let me be more specific as we go back through those. I said we need to grow in prayer and soul winning discipleship and ministry. But let me talk to you about this matter of prayer. We're going to be talking about this throughout the year. But one of the goals and one of the pieces of this vision that I want to set forward to you is. Every one of us need to begin to make it a point to have a personal daily private time of prayer. This is something we're going to be challenging challenging each other with this year. It is so easy to skip over praying. For me, Bible reading is not difficult. I believe this, the thing that Satan fights more than anything else is a Christian on their knees. This is a big step for us as a church to grow in this matter of prayer. I also believe that God wants us to grow in a matter of spending time in corporate prayer as a church. It ought not be an uncommon thing for us to spend sincere time in prayer together. I'm not talking about somebody standing up here and leading in prayer and it's very formal and it's very liturgical and it's very dead. I'm talking about the church praying together, seeking the Lord together. Right now I'm telling you about it, but I pray this year that God would help us come to understand what it means to pray together as a church. Like they did in Acts chapter number 2. In one accord. Those are some practical goals for the matter of taking this step of growth in prayer. I said we need to grow in the matter of soul winning as well. Listen, one of the things that God has put on my heart is we need to reemphasize the habit of personal evangelism. Every one of us, as a part of this church, need to make it a regular habit of our life to share the gospel. The great commission that God gave us in Matthew 28, it literally means go. What it means is as you go, everywhere you go. It's not just talking about one time, once a week, on a Saturday or on a Thursday, going out and sharing the gospel. It's talking about making this a habit of our life. Now, it's easier for me to tell you, go soul winning at this time on this day of the week. What's harder for me to do is to tell you what the Bible actually says. Be a witness everywhere you go. I believe that's an area God wants us to grow in this year. Growing and making it a habit of passing out tracts and sharing our faith with every person we meet. And because of that, uh, we're going to have a class to train those of you that don't know how to talk to people about Christ on how to do it you never learn how to lead someone else to the lord this is the year you need to do it every one of us need to be ready listen for those of us who are members it shouldn't be hard for me to find somebody i can trust if someone walks forward and needs to trust christ we're saved we know how the lord has brought us to salvation Now it's time for us to get equipped so we can help other people learn how to do it. And by the way, if you know how to lead someone to Christ, you'll have a whole lot more of a propensity to try to tell them how they can be saved. If you're uncertain about it, that insecurity will keep you from sharing your faith. So We're going to have a class to help those of you who haven't learned that, help you learn how you can share your faith. Give you the scripture and the instruction you need to equip you to be able to know how to share your faith with other people. Um, Another thing that we wrote down here, we're going to create more intentional outreach opportunities through the small group ministries. Listen, the small groups aren't going away. I believe with all of my heart this is something that God wants to use to help our church go forward. I've had people ask, well, uh, when are we going to go back to Sunday school or when are we going to go back to Wednesday night services? And listen... I'm not opposed to either one of those things. I just do not believe that for the time being, those are things that God is wanting us to go to because God is using the small groups. You say, well, I don't like my small group. I don't, listen, I'm just doing what I believe the Lord is leading us to do. And I believe that those small groups, through those small groups, and us gathering in those assemblies, that we can get organized into a small army that can truly reach our community with the gospel. An element that we're desperately missing is that small connection um, and really being able to disciple and help each other grow. And through those small groups this past year, we saw this happen a little bit with some of the small groups that organized into groups that went out and and passed out resources and and, uh, put together resources and passed out tracts and and had a witness in our community. I'd like to see that expand and grow and us reaching more people with the gospel through our small group ministries. And what that's going to mean is some of you, you're going to have to get creative about finding ways that you can share Share your faith. And uh, I, I, I could stand up here and talk about all kinds of ideas. I even saw one group one time do a puppet team. All right? um, I'm not saying you should go do a puppet team, but uh, there's, no, there's nothing that you can't do, um, uh, unless it's violating scripture, of course, uh, and trying to share your faith with other people. I believe we need to grow in this area. Um, another thing here is we're going to continue the Super Saturday outreach. We're going to have one, one big Saturday every month where I, I ask all the church to come out, and we are going to go out into our community and go door to door. And uh, you'll have opportunity through your small groups to pair together and get a partner and go out whatever day of the week might work best for you in uh, trying to go out and, and share your faith or follow up on people that have visited our church and all of those things are pertinent. But uh, we're going to have that one big time every week where we can all go out together, uh, every, or, or once a month the Super Saturday. And uh, God has used that in the past, and we're going to keep moving forward with that. Uh, here's another thing I believe uh, with recent events, especially this is becoming pertinent. Uh, God has put on my heart with th- this goal to make our live stream services available in other venues. I don't know how much longer Facebook will be a viable option. Okay. And maybe I'm being a, um, a, a culprit to uh, suspicion there, but I believe that uh, we ought to be able to have those services available on our website. And I'd like to be able to find a way to get those services available in different venues, and uh, that's important for us there. And so God wants to move forward with the prayer, the prayer goal of uh, the 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 growth goal of prayer, of soul winning, and then discipleship. I believe God's calling us to establish a deeper discipleship process. There's several things in this. I'll not belabor. But listen, those of you who have been through the first step of our discipleship program, you've been through continued discipleship, I'm calling all of you. It's time for us to take back up the call to help younger believers in this body get grounded in their faith. I know it's work I know it takes some time sitting down every week to go through some scripture with with someone who's still young in their faith and has a lot of questions, but we have to help the next generation of Christians get grounded in their faith. And that's something that God has called us to. Something else I would like to see happen is uh, in the small groups, um, accountability beginning to take place. I think in those small groups that we ought to ask each other questions like, Are you reading your Bible every day? Yes. Man, I think in that small group, you ought to be able to ask somebody in your small group, are you keeping your thoughts pure before God? I think in those small groups that we ought to be able to have opportunities to challenge each other to deepen ourselves in our faith. We need to grow in this matter of helping each other get grounded in our faith and so, so many things. One thing I'll be doing this year is I'm going to be asking several men to partner with me. I would like to train a group of you men for future leadership in our church. I just want to start talking to you about what what the Bible has to say about a spiritual leader, a man in the church, and his family. You make no mistake about it. I'm done putting people into positions of leadership at Lighthouse Baptist Church hoping that they'll step up and qualify for it. If you want to serve the Lord in ministry, then you got to meet God's qualifications. Faithfulness. Faithfulness and your personal testimony, faithfulness in attendance, not forsaking the assembly, faithfulness in giving, and faithfulness in serving in some capacity are a minimum requirement. You say, well, that's legalistic, Pastor. No, that's what the Bible says. Okay? And I'm not trying to be vehement or mad or angry about this, but we have got to step up, men. By the way, the reason I'm not bashing on the ladies is because we've got a lot of faithful ladies in this church that are serving. And I'm thankful for the men we do have. But I'm challenging some of you men to step up, because we won't move forward if we don't have spiritual leaders. We are limited in our capacity. I want to challenge you to step up in these areas here, and we have got to grow in this matter of discipleship, helping each other grow in our faith, and then in ministry. um, I believe this is a big goal, a growth goal for us as a church. Uh, God wants us to be so equipped that we as the body would be set free to be able to serve the Lord uh, as he would lead us to do. And uh, you know... uh, several things on this thing right here. I mentioned mentioned this to you before. There are several things I believe that God wants to take place at Lighthouse Baptist Church this year. There are several projects I believe that God would like to be done here around this church. But I've just realized that it's not up to the staff to do all of it. And I say that Not to your discredit as a church. I say that um, because I think I've led this church wrong in many ways. And one of the ways I think I've limited the growth of this church is by thinking I had to control everything. Thinking I had to be a part of everything that's going on here. That's pride. But a lot of you are gifted in ways that I'm not. And there are things I believe that God wants to happen at our church this year that they're not going to happen unless, we ha- unless some of you step up. Um, let, me, let me just give you a couple of examples here, okay? On this Save the Date right here, there are a couple of events on here. I mentioned, uh, mentioned this to one of you earlier. Uh, on here we have the Men and Boys campout. If any of you know me, then what you know about me is that I don't know the first thing about camping okay? So guess what? I'll go to the men and boys camp out, but you don't want me to organize it, okay? I'm looking for someone who might step up and take on something like that as a project. Vacation Bible school. I'd love to see some of you step up to a place of leadership to take on the charge of planning and preparing and putting that on this year. And listen, we'll give you all the resources and things that we can uh, in doing that. But we need to come together as a body to be able to see these things move forward. Uh, one of the things, and this is, this is a big goal. I don't know if this will happen or not. But I've talked to several of you about this. In December, um, the Lord put it on my heart to have a, a walk through Bethlehem. Have you ever heard of something like that before? A walk through Bethlehem or a, a night in Bethlehem. Uh, Lord has given us, uh, hopefully by this point, it'll be all purchased, this new property. I think it would be an awesome thing to reach out to our community, to set up a little village down there and have a manger that people can come and walk through and be able to experience what Bethlehem would have been like and have a, have a place where they can get the gospel presented to them there. Just a different way of reaching people. And I'll promise you that's not going to happen unless we come together as a church, and uh, we band together to make something like that happen. There are projects around here, and uh, you know, I'm going to commend, commend uh, Miss, Miss Abby. Is Miss Abby here tonight? Right Right back there in the back. She just took it, all, took it upon herself uh, to paint more than half of this building. And some of you came in and helped with some of that, whether well, Steve came in and helped with some of the trim and, and things of that nature along there. And, we uh, you know, I'm thankful for someone that just kind of saw the need and said, that's something I can do. And She just said, will you buy some paint? And I said, sure. And she started painting. And lo and behold, more than half the building's been painted. That's just, she took it upon herself to take some leadership. God put, in, put something on her heart and she got it done. And uh, I guarantee you, if, if God puts it on your heart to do something around here, you're not going to face any opposition from me. We need to come together as a church to see things move forward. My point with all of these things is, listen, God has put me in a position as a pastor to be an equipper for the saints so that they can do the ministry that God has called them to, to be an equipper of the saints not a controller. We're in this together. And I'd like to see us move forward as a church this year in the matter of ministry. And I'd like to see every person, every member of Lighthouse Baptist Church in some capacity involved in some form of ministry. Um, And I believe that's a big goal that God's put on our heart, a big area that we need to grow in. God's put it on my heart to start an invitation ministry this year. And get a team of people who are ready to counsel people during our invitations. He's put it on my heart to start a counseling ministry this year. And some of you, this might be a great place for you to serve. But you're going to have to go through training. And uh, uh, more and more, I am being reminded of the fact that how desperately people are in need of just counsel. And there are some times it's just too much. I'm not able, I'm not able to keep up with it all. But some of you are very gifted. You're very discerning. And I'd love to get you involved in a counseling ministry. And uh, well, I could go on, church. I know we're over time here tonight about some of these things. But listen, God wants us to move forward in these three areas, or these four areas. And all I'm asking you tonight is in what way would God have you to take a step forward with these goals? In your prayer life, in this matter of sharing your faith, soul winning, in this matter of discipleship, have you been through discipleship? You say, well, Pastor, I've been saved for 25 years. Well, good job. You still need to go through discipleship. If for nothing else, so you can help someone else go through it. If for nothing else. I don't know how God would have you move forward in that area. Maybe you're not even part of a small group yet. That would be a great step to take this year. Get there and be faithful. You say, well, I, I, I don't think it's everything it should be. Well, then help make them what it should be. So step forward in that area, and then the fourth growth area is ministry. Where are you going to get involved in ministry this year? How are you going to step forward in getting involved in ministry this year? Okay, if you've been serving as an usher for 75 years, That's great. Um, maybe God would have you get involved in some other ministry. I'm not belittling the importance of the usher ministry. Maybe God would have you serving in a ministry of ministering, ministering to people in a different way. Just be sensitive to how the Lord would lead you with following his direction with these steps. Now, very quickly before we're done, I want to have a time of prayer tonight, and I'll explain that in just a minute. But this this saved the day. Let me hit this hit this hit the events on this real quick. I don't want to be an event centric church, but I do want to explain some of the things that are upcoming here. February the fourteenth, we have scheduled a Valentine banquet. That is on a Sunday. We won't have it in the morning service. I'll tell you that. But I'd like to do it in the evening service. Here's the problem: we have a baby due on February fifteenth. Okay, and uh, that's not a problem. Actually, it's a great thing. But uh, Um, I doubt we'll probably be there for that Um, and so we'll need uh, some of you to step up to help get that put together but I do think it will be an important thing um, for uh, uh, the couples in our church Um, and uh, that's that 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 is what we're planning for that day there that will be Sunday evening March the 15th and 19th there's a ladies retreat in Moab Utah we didn't get to go last year Uh, Hopefully, we'll get to go this year to that. Uh, Same speaker, Carrie Schmidt, will be there for that. April the 4th is our uh, Easter weekend, and we'll have uh, our sunrise service again, uh, along with um, uh, our our two morning Easter services there. Uh, May 6th is the National Day of Prayer. Um, and God has blessed that event the past five years we've done it. Uh, in the first week of June, God put it on my heart to have a revival meeting this year. And I'm excited uh, that uh, uh, Pastor Todd Pointer will be coming and preaching for us during that revival uh, meeting here this year. And, and I'm excited uh, about the possibility of having some of those services uh, over at the new property as well. And uh, we have talked about uh, getting some tents and uh, getting them set up over on the new property and maybe some Sunday evenings this summer, not in the winter, but in the summer, uh, going over there and, uh, and spending some time praying and worshiping the Lord uh, together under the tent. And so I'm pretty excited about that this summer, uh, if the Lord works all that out. July 4th is on a Sunday this year, and so we're going to have Patriot Sunday, and we are going to worship God and thank Him for America, and we're not going to be ashamed of it. Okay. It is not a contradiction of terms to be an American Christian. Um, I'm not a Christian nationalist, but I am thankful for the country God's blessed us with. And we will uh, have a great Sunday that Sunday. Maybe even we'll set off some fireworks. Any pyromaniacs here? All right. See, I already found your ministry for the year, okay? I already found it for you. Hopefully we get a bunch of rain and and snow so we can do that. Uh, VBS, we did it this way last year. I talked to a lot of people about it. We were able to reach more kids in having two weeks of BBS, and so we must be crazy, but we're going to do it again. Um, two three-day th- three jam-packed vacation Bible schools in the month of July. Um, that'll be taking place uh, on those two weeks there, and uh, I'm looking forward to that later this year. Uh, we'll have our Country Neighbor Day, September 26th, um, and then uh, planning on a family life conference, uh, bringing in a, a special couple. Um, I'm just waiting for them to confirm they can come on the dates. Um, that'll be in October, and then I'll be able to tell you what those dates are. Uh, and then our Veterans Sunday and our Christmas uh, candlelight service, both of those are on there. And uh, so several things that we're planning uh, for this year, uh, mark those down on your calendar. There's a lot more Uh, that's going to be going on, those are the highlights. Those are some of the big things. And so let me encourage you to try to be as faithful to those things as you can be. But more important than being at events, let's be focused on the mission God has given to us in moving forward in these these four areas. And listen, if we try to grow by our own strength and our own merit, we're not going to move forward the way God wants us to. But if we'd be willing to do it God's way, by prayer, by soul winning, by discipleship, by ministry, that's how we move forward as the church. Not going to be our great programs, not going to be our great processes. It's going to be us submitting to God's word and letting God do the impossible through us. Let's not forget that as the church. Now, we're going to have to wrap things up here tonight. I hope that the vision has been clear for you tonight. I don't know what you were expecting. And I, I told the Lord as we're making final preparations for uh, all of these things. Well, they're not going to get very excited about me telling them we just, the vision is praying. <laughs> they're not going to get very excited about me telling them the vision is sharing their faith, uh, helping each other grow in their faith. Uh, serving God in ministry—that's what—that's what we always are supposed to be doing. Yeah, just do it a little more. Just grow a little bit in it this year. That's the idea. And God uses all that meager effort on our part, and somehow, somehow, He chooses to work through us, and people get saved and people's lives get transformed and marriages are saved and, and kids get their, get their hearts set in the right direction. All of those things happen as we just do what God told us to do. It's called faith. That's what we're going to do this year. We're going to trust God and he's going to bless. And I have no doubt about that, even in the times we're living in today. And so church, let's go forward in these areas and, uh, Uh, whatever step you need to take forward, I want to challenge you to pray about making a commitment to move forward with the things that God has put on your heart uh, to move forward in here tonight. And this is what i like to end uh, the evening doing here. I know we're a little bit longer in this service than what we normally are on Sunday nights. Uh, Well, maybe maybe not, actually. I don't know. But um, uh, I would like to end our time together here tonight with prayer. And, I, and I'm not saying that we need to do this as a formality. Why don't we spend some real time in prayer? Real time in prayer is the church. And uh, how we're going to do this tonight is I'd like to divide up into groups. Some of you might like to pray with your spouse. That's fine. I would really encourage you to pray with another member of this body beside the one you live with, okay? Um, that's a little uncomfortable maybe. But we need to get to know each other as a church, And we need to take some time to pray to ask God to help us to move forward as the church. And I'm not telling you how long you need to pray. It can be short. It can be long. This is what I will say. Um, When you are finished praying, I'd ask that you uh, either remain quiet for the other ones who are still praying in here, or you can slip out the back and be dismissed. But I'd like to end our time together here tonight in a sincere time of prayer. Um, And I will also mention this because I promised to do it. Uh, sometime after people are done praying, if you want to stick around and you still haven't gotten to see the slideshow yet, I will play that for you, okay? Um, uh, But it's going to have to come after our time of prayer. And so let's all stand together tonight. And... uh